Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey everybody, welcome to New Beginnings Church Online for this weekend. We are continuing our series entitled Songs of the Summer. What we do is we take a song every week and we kind of base our message on the lyrics of that song as it just reinforces where we need to be right now in our in our just walk with God in our everyday life. And uh, the key word I believe right now in the season that we're in is the word faith. And so uh, it's... In this season we're in, it is so easy for us to get our eyes on the difficulties uh, that's keeping us from focusing on the one that really can help us, the only one who has the answer to the times that we're in right now. It's so easy to fall into, into periods of despair and hopelessness to the point where we can literally find ourselves uh, feeling abandoned by God, uh, the one who said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. And for many years I've been teaching um, on the subject of faith, that faith is a force that God has placed inside of man in order to overcome the adversities of life. I want you to grab a hold of that. Faith is a, is a force. It's a weapon. It's a tool. It's, it's, an, it's part of our equipment in order for us to o- overcome the adversities of life. First John chapter 5, verse 4 states, For whatever is born of God, overcomes the world. Another key word, overcomes. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. When our world is turned upside down, uh, when, when, when all that we previously took for granted is shaken, is, is undermined, is removed out of our lives, we find that the only thing we really can rely on is our faith in God. The song says we pray for the mountains to move. We pray for the oceans to part. We pray for a miracle and we pray from our heart. And right now, we've got lots of mountains to move. We've got oceans to part. Maybe mountains and oceans of financial problems you might be facing. Maybe there are health issues that you're facing. Relationship challenges because of the level, everybody's level of anxiety is just skyrocketed. And whenever that happens, it always puts a strain on our relationships. And unfortunately, even on, on our close, intimate relationships. The world drastically changed. And the life that we were used to is no more. And we re- really didn't realize how good we had it. Adam and Eve had grown accustomed to having a p- picture-perfect environment uh, to live in. God set up a garden uh, in such a way that it watered itself, uh, it produced, uh, it was just naturally equipped to supply the needs that Adam and Eve had. Up until that point in time, when everything was going great, the fruit was growing, the trees are providing shade. He's, he, he's got great uh, uh, ample supply of everything they needed. Up until that point, there was no reason for Adam to possess faith because God had provided everything for him. Uh, at that point, there's nothing holding Adam back from living a successful, contented, fulfilled life. There was not one obstacle to overcome. And then suddenly, that supernatural place called Eden was infected by the virus of sin. Just like your life and my life has been affected by this virus, by all that is, has accompanied it, the fear, the, 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 the seemingly uh, control of our lives. It's just causing uh, much anxiety in the lives of many individuals. Uh, nothing 
was the same for Adam and Eve when sin came in. The ground refused to produce. Their innocence disappeared. In our lives, suddenly, paper products disappeared. Suddenly, it's become fashionable to dress like a bank robber. And everybody's awkward about whether we should hug or not. People are spying on one another. The world changed, and now it's time for God's people to rise up. And with the most powerful tool that he has given mankind, and that tool is that we rise up in faith and we place our faith in God. We keep our faith in God. We live by faith in God. Romans chapter 12, verse three. It's one thing that God has placed in mankind as an act of mercy. I am so grateful to God that he did not abandon us to just whatever happens on this earth, to this sin-infected planet. He has not abandoned us here. He has not left us to the whims of the enemy. He has not left us to the whims of circumstances. He gave us a seed that he deposited in our spirits, and that seed is the seed of faith. Romans 12, chapter, chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Is the measure of faith. God has given each person the measure of faith. Each gets the same. I'm asked the question, well, how much is it? What is that seed like? What is potential does it have? I believe that he deposits in each and every human being that's ever been born the faith to receive salvation and to receive everything else that he's promised. It starts with a seed. Faith is a supernatural force God gives to his children so that we are not left to the mercy of our enemies. How does the Bible describe faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. According to the scripture, faith actually gives substance to hope. And I remember teaching on this in the beginning of this year. Faith gives substance to hope. Hope is a dream. Hope may present a picture, but faith comes alongside. And then, and then there's like this chemical reaction where faith hits hope and then hope starts to give substance. And faith is the thing that we know that we have. Well, we've asked God, when you're in faith, you know you've got it. Faith is the ability to see provision from God that exists only in the spirit realm. I'm going to say that again. Faith is the ability to see a provision from God that exists only in the spirit realm. It's invisible to the human eye, but it's very visible to the born-again spirit. We have been given that force on, we need on the inside to overcome every obstacle that we face now, living on a planet, living on a fallen planet with fallen people in a fallen system. Faith helps us to overcome the fact that we live on a fallen planet with fallen people operating in a fallen system. When we are born again, we enter into a new kingdom. That kingdom operates by faith, believing something before you see it and acting as if it is true, not responding to circumstances that are, that are adverse to the, the will of God for our lives, but walking, thinking, speaking, conducting ourselves in such a way that we believe that what God has promised for our lives is coming to pass. At this time in history of mankind, we're being assaulted in our minds with fear. 
We're tempted to give up. We're tempted to keep quiet and hope that the boogeyman goes away. But like the song says, there's no need to hide back in the grave. There's no, we are not holding back any song. Yes, you said we can come now full of faith. It's what you promised. It's what you promised. No matter what we face, we're not hiding in the grave. We're not holding back our song. No matter how bad things look, we declare victory while we're on the way to the battlefield. We don't wait to get to the battlefield. We don't even wait to fight the battle. We declare the victory before we go to the battlefield. The word of God is full of the promises of God. And because of that, my shout is full of faith. Faith is defined as a firm persuasion, a conviction based on what was heard. My spirit, listen, listen, listen. My spirit responds to the voice of his promise. When I heard the first time that God had promised us everlasting life, when I heard John 3, 16 for the first time and heard it with ears that I could hear, man, my spirit sprang up. My spirit immediately said, I want that. That's mine. I'm taking hold of it. Didn't know what it was going to look like. Didn't know what it was going to have to do to receive it. But my spirit responded to the voice of his promise. Well, if you're sick and all of a sudden somebody gives you a scripture that tells you that it's God's will for you to be healed, your spirit responds to that promise. If you're poor, if you have, you're in lack, if you can't make your car payment, if you're losing your home, if you're, if you're job is free and threatened. And all of a sudden, someone starts speaking the promises of God that he has promised to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Guess what? Your spirit jumps and says, I want that. That's mine. I'm taking hold of it. Our spirit responds to the voice of his promise. When God says the just shall live by faith, he is saying that my people need to live by their convictions, their persuasions, their faith. In other words, we need to live by the belief system we've developed based on his word. A persuasion or a conviction can only be achieved when evidence is given in order to convince a person of the truth. What did I just say? Here's what I just said. What Romans 10 verse 17 says. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you're not hearing the word of God, it is impossible for you to develop faith. If you are not hearing the word of God, you are keeping your spirit from, from receiving and from responding and from reacting to the voice of his promise. You must be hearing and hearing the word of God. God expects his people to possess faith. Why? Because every blessing, every provision is stored up for us in the realm where he lives. The realm of the spirit. This is the grace of God. But it can only be accessed by faith. Yes, it's his grace. Yes, he's got grace stored up for us. Yes, he's got promises made towards us, provision stored for us, but they are accessed by faith. Jesus expects us to possess faith. I'm going to say that again. Jesus expects us to possess faith. Luke chapter eight, verse 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he, speaking of Jesus, got into a boat and with his disciples. And he said to them, listen to what he said, because this is extremely important. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And the original language seems to indicate this windstorm came out of nowhere, came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, 
and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water and they ceased and there was calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. That's not the big question. The big question here is this. Why did they come to the conclusion that they were perishing when Jesus said to them as they got into the boat, we're going to the other side? He said, he stated, he already declared what the end result was going to be. We're going to the other side. They came to the conclusion when the circumstance did not match what Jesus said, they came to the conclusion, we are perishing. He expected them to have faith in what he said rather than come to the place of fear based on their surroundings. Smith Smith Wigglesworth, some of you may know who he is. If you don't, go research him. This is what he said. I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am only moved by what I believe. Jesus expects us to possess faith. Possess, not have. Possess indicates it took something to get it was not just handed to us. It is not just handed to us. Although it is deposited in our spirits, it is seed form, and it's up to us to develop faith. When Jesus said, we're going to the other side, he gave them the opportunity to develop faith in what he had promised. They failed. Therefore, he rebuked them. Where is your faith? In other words, I gave you the opportunity. I told you what the end result was going to be. Why did you believe the wind and the waves rather than what I said? And that's the challenge that we have today. How do we possess faith? By understanding that what he said is going to come to pass. He said in verse 22, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. They went on his command. They went on his word of what to do. And listen, in the mind of Jesus, the journey was already done. That should have been enough for the disciples and it should be enough for us. The song says, we believe it's already done. Every battle's already done. It is finished. It is perfect. We believe you've overcome and it's already done. The greatest act of faith that you and I could, can, can demonstrate is acting like it's already done. Let me give you an example. Isaiah 53, very Very familiar portion of scripture. Isaiah 53, verse four. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Declaration of the future. Coming from Isaiah's viewpoint, he's declaring what's going to happen in the future, in his future, in his future. Now we come up to the time of Jesus being here on the earth, the time of the gospels. And Matthew chapter eight, verse 16 says, when evening had come, 
They brought to him, to Jesus, many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. Verse 17, extremely important, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew writes that when Jesus healed all those people, he was fulfilling Isaiah 53. It's already done. He's already walked it out. Matthew says, we're not looking for this now in the future. It's already done. Jesus fulfilled the promise that Isaiah had made. Isaiah is looking to the future. Jesus comes on the scene. He fulfills his promise. Matthew's there and he's watching this and he knows Isaiah 53. He knows what verse four and five says. And he's seeing, he's witnessing with his own eyes. This is coming to pass. The one who said that Isaiah said would carry on himself all of our sickness, all our disease, who would take it upon himself and by his wounds we're healed. He's here. He's here. He saw it happen before his eyes. But guess what? Peter was also there. Peter also saw all Jesus did. Peter saw the blind eyes open. He saw the deaf hear. He saw the lame walk. He saw the lepers cleanse because Jesus was fulfilling that, pro- that promise from Isaiah. Years later, <laughs> years later, Peter writes in one of his first letter to believers, and what we call 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, this is what Peter writes, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That tree is the symbol of the cross. Having died to sins, we might, that we might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. The way we possess faith, acting like the promises are an established fact, like it's already done. You were healed. Isaiah said, we are healed. Peter said, it's done. I saw it. It's a fact now. It's already done. He said, Who, whose sins were forgiven and by whose stripes we now were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. It's done. It's done. So, so when, so when the, the Holy Spirit says, I, I got your back, we can walk like it's so. When, when he whispers, don't worry about the money, we can walk like it's so. Our greatest act of faith would be at that point to live free of care, free of anxiety. Why? Because it's already done. That promise has already been fulfilled. In order to possess faith, the heart must be changed, affected, and impacted. For Jesus to ask the question of the disciples, where is your faith, means he expected that their hearts would have been impacted, affected, and changed by what they heard him teach, by what they saw him do, by the fact that he said when they stepped in the boat, we're going over to the other side. Didn't matter that there was a storm that popped up. Didn't matter that the boat was filling up with water. He said, we're going to the other side. Doesn't matter right now that our society seems like it's falling to pieces. It doesn't matter right now that the economy is all over the place. It doesn't matter right now. People are, people are in fear, out of their minds, gripped with fear. None of that matters right now because the promises of God have already been fulfilled and we're going to walk free of care. We're going to conduct ourselves like it's already done. We're not going to live in fear. We're not going to be paralyzed. We're not going to be controlled by threats of the enemy. No, we're going to walk like what he said is true. We're going to the other side, just like Jesus told those disciples. 
Now, faith involves our acting on our beliefs, our convictions that are formed in our hearts by the evidence of the word of God and the actions of God. Kennedy Hagan Sr. said this, faith begins where the will of God is known. The more we read, the more we study the word, the more our hearts are changed, affected, and impacted. And the more our level of faith will always be going forward. It'll always be dependent on our knowledge of the word of God. But there is nothing stopping us from taking hold of those promises, from walking like we believe it's true, from talking like we believe it's true, having our thoughts ordered and ordained based on the word of God and the principles of the word, the promises of the word. We know it's already done. It's already done. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that every person that's been watching this would be encouraged, inspired, Father. I pray, God, that I've been able to light a fire on the inside of every individual here to not pay attention to the circumstances, to not be moved by what we see, to not be moved by what we feel, to not pay attention and listen to the voice of the enemy, always speaking fear, always bringing anxiety, always bringing tension and strife into people's homes. No, in the name of Jesus, we take hold of your promises, Father. You said, God, in the word, that all the promises of God in Christ Christ are yes and amen. When Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished, it is fulfilled, you, Father, stand, put your stamp of approval on every one of those promises in the word through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross. So, Father, we accept the promise of salvation by faith. We accept the promise, God, of divine healing, for by his stripes we are healed. Father, we receive the promise of prosperity, Father, that you said in your word that you would supply all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. We take hold of all those promises. God, you promised us peace. We take hold of that peace. God, you promised us stability in our lives. We declare that we are rock solid on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive these things by faith in the name of Jesus. God bless you. I pray that you'll start to think like it's already done. You'll start to talk like it's already done and you will walk your life out like it's already done. We're going to the other side. The storms are not gonna stop us. Wait Waves are not going to stop us. The wind is not going to stop us. We're going to fulfill God's plan for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.